1: We like totally know. set it up at the same time. Still I, still classic. dealing with this electronic not being in the same room. Classic. But, uh, we do that
0: even if we're in the same room. So I don't think it really matters. <laughs>
1: That's it true. I guess me.
0: we need to like talk about that more beforehand. Oh, well, whatever. You can hear from both of us a welcome. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking we need to change our intro. We need to update it. I feel like that's something we should do soon. Yeah, that's true. Because I feel like... Listeners,
1: if you have
0: any suggestions... Yes. Let us know. If you hate it, if you love it, if you don't want us to change it... If you hate it, I don't care. I just think (laughs) that we need something new. Hopefully you guys are, are making it through. We are almost to the end of the school year. This school year obviously has been a bit different here in 2020. So... Hopefully you guys are are keeping sane. And if you have any questions, Amanda and I have lately been obviously doing some updates on the podcast, but also we're kind of trying out a little bit more social media. We just had an Instagram live a couple weeks ago, and the next one is rolling out. So if you guys have questions about this school year, next school year, just questions that you have in general about special education or anything else, just let us know and we'll yeah try to answer it either put it on our
1: facebook group or send us a direct message and you know we want to make sure that this is helpful for you we want to make sure that we're looking towards you know really getting topics that are are helpful to you all so today we're going to do something that i don't think we've dived too deep into we've gone into reading writing we haven't gone into the math as much which Mm -hmm. for me i loved math growing up math was my subject english was not which I know that I am you know, somewhat alone in this. Most people did not like math, still do not like math. But we are going to dive deep into math and how you can help your student, whether it's your teacher or a parent with math. So thank you for joining us today, Allison. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? And you know, we'll get into your book a little bit later, but just kind of how you got where you are today and kind of what you're doing now. Oh, sure. Absolutely.
2: I'm Alison Dillard, and I'm an author. I'm also a math professor over at Irvine Valley College. And I pretty much I've been working on math stuff since high school. I think I fell in love with Mm -hmm. math in high school. I double majored in math and English in college. Mm. I got my master's though. in math at Claremont Graduate University and I so pretty much for like twenty years I've been teaching students or tutoring students in math basically kind of helping students figure out right how to overcome this
0: huge obstacle that everyone's faced with to succeed in math that's great did you gravitate towards teaching it or was you had just kind of fell in love with math and you were just like i don't know what i am gonna do with this because obviously i mean a lot of our mathematicians go on to be engineers they go on you know to do some of the more technical and and other things too as well right what kind of drew you to teaching it? So I think I've probably had one of the more chaotic paths (laughs) to
2: becoming a math teacher. In all honesty, when I was in college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I felt like every class that I took I fell in love with it and I wanted to major in that. I must have changed my major like seven different times. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of it I ended up with the most credits that I had um, were for English and math and we actually were able to work it out so I was able to just barely get both of those majors in. And I had started tutoring math back in high school and it actually ended up being like the ideal job to work through college you know it's sort of a yeah high hourly rate it was especially at the time it was really cool. flexible flexible yes, hours yeah fun too because it's just like it's yeah. a really rewarding job as well right because you're always yeah. helping people yeah and then I actually because I had sort of majored in English also I took a couple of years after college and I had tried to work as a screenwriter oh nice oh, wow. Yeah. So I did that and that was fun also. But the cool thing that I loved about math was math was actually what supported me that whole time, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like starving artist, but I at the same time had a job throughout all of it. And then I hit a point sort of in my mid twenties, there was a big writer's strike and basically like nobody was right? saying anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I saw so many people who were, you know, like a decade or two or three older than me just get laid off and lose everything. And I was sort of at that, transition point where I was starting to think about like a family and my boyfriend and I were getting really serious. And so I kind of just decided I wanted something more stable, and the thing that I loved was always the tutoring, you know, and I had yeah. been doing it for over a decade. I loved helping students through it. And so at that point, I went back to get my master's with the intention of teaching. Um, I had sort of wow. thought for a little while, I did a lot of research, actually, I did some research for like Boeing and the National Science Foundation, oh, wow. very cool. Um, Los Alamos National Lab, and it was wow. really cool, it was all statistics based, yeah. but as cool as it was, it wasn't the same as actually being able to like help people, and yeah. I feel like the cool thing about math is that like. It's it's this challenge right and if you can learn to overcome the challenge of math like it teaches you how to overcome challenges in general which is something that yeah. like is so empowering yeah. you know you are I, so I passionate
0: about math like <laughs> I am like I want you to tutor me in math because math was not my strong suit but that, I like I you're I totally so get passionate it. like
1: for me what drew me to math was because it like it made sense it was like a puzzle and I've always loved like puzzles and you know games and that sort of thing and so for me it was like it was fun in the sense that you know you're trying to figure it out but at the same time like there's almost more of a definite answer than with writing you know it was not the same so I get it and if you can like we talk about like um, math changing so much in schools nowadays towards like the critical thinking and I think that's the part about math that a lot of people don't see as like why, you know, everyone's like, why do we need to learn math? I'm not going to be a mathematician. I'm not going to be a statistician. Like, why do I need to do this? But it really does help with like the problem solving skills. So it sounds like like everything that you've been kind of doing, you're not just like doing here's the basics of like how to do a formula, but you're really kind of teach that other component of the critical thinking part to it too oh yeah absolutely i feel
2: like i forget who you said the quote but it was something along the lines you know education is what sticks with you you know after every you've forgotten everything that you learned yeah yeah it's sort of like right in math it's like we don't expect you to like remember all of these log equations right like 10 years down the road like we know you're not going to use it but just that whole experience of figuring it out, right? Because the first time you see it, it's really difficult and it's really confusing, but it's that experience of learning it gives you that confidence that you can then solve equally complex and challenging things later on. You know so it is yeah. develop it's those problem solving skills yeah. that are strengthened that's what you take with you in the long run
1: yeah so I can definitely see now with your background in writing too how it probably just felt natural. so natural to write yeah. a book about math how did that <laughs> come about so actually i had some health problems a couple of years back
2: and you know i ended up taking this year off of teaching i had to go in for like surgery and chemotherapy and stuff and so i ended up with this whole year off of school and you know i think it's not unique to teachers but i think everybody right is that we're just sprinting through the days and life is just so busy and it's go 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 and what this whole situation of actually getting sick and having this time off it sort of ended up being kind of a blessing in disguise,
1: mm-hmm. you know, it
2: actually gave me time to slow down and, right. and really think sort of about, you know, how we teach math, you know, as an educational institution, why so many students have struggled with math, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of like, you know, what are the things that I was telling students? What are the, like those repeated conversations that I have over with students over the years that have helped them to sort of get through math? And so I think it was maybe about like halfway through that year and I really just decided, you know what, I just, I wanted to put it all in a book form because i just felt like there were just so many lessons that i learned from teaching and yeah. tutoring it's weird actually both of my books they're, they're math books right one's called raise your math grade and the other is called crush math now neither of them have any math in them right? <laughs> it's actually all of the non-math stuff that or non enough skills that you need to actually succeed in math oddly enough right because i i've sort of found over the years that if you dig into all of that non-math stuff and you know you can sort of like deal with the procrastination issues or deal with the fact that like students hate math right or they think they're bad at it and they just lack yeah. confidence if you can actually like tackle all that stuff head on and the math gets so much easier right
1: that's a problem that we have with so many students is that maybe younger on and i i know many friends that are like this that in elementary school math was not a strong student english and like we're told like this is your strength. This is not your strength. You see yes. the grades. And from a very early age, we get told, and I felt this way about English. A lot of people feel this way about math, where it gets ingrained in your head that, well, I'm just not a math person, or I'm just not a writer. So there's only so high I can get, I can get to a plateau. But that's not really true. We know that like, there are, you know, ebbs and flows of, you know, the cognitive abilities, but it doesn't mean that we can't overcome something that, was a label we got put in first grade, second grade. So I love that you're digging in deep into like that because I definitely think that's a problem that we have.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I feel like what you're mentioning right now, that's sort of like the very first feel like that I always tell students and parents. And it's really, it goes to this idea of like, you improve with effort. You know, there's no such thing as, like, a math person and not a math person. There's just skill, right? Right. Just like English, just like, you know, soccer or learning how to play the piano, right? All of those things, like, they're just skills. And they're always difficult before they're easy, right? No matter what it is. And it's just a matter of, like, practicing Mm -hmm. until you get stronger, you know? And I think you know there's ultimately there's so many skills in the world that you can't learn all of them right and so really part of what's fun about growing up is you get to kind of pick and choose like what are the ones that you really like that you right. want to develop oh, you know right. i think the trouble then with math of course is that nobody gets to pick it everybody's stuck with it yeah and then so many students don't remember it, or like they understand that other things are skill and that you improve with effort but they somehow forget that when it comes to math i um, i think parents yeah. forget it a lot also you know and so i think parents like the biggest that you can do to help your kids is to remind them that you improve with effort, right? So when they're saying, mom, you know, I'm just bad at math. You just say, no, you just need to practice more, right? You're going to get better as you practice more.
0: Right. And
2: so rather than as a parent, just sympathizing with them and saying, oh yeah, I know math sucks and I'm bad at it too. Mm -hmm. That just empowers them to or enables them to not try, yeah. right? Or
1: saying, yeah. "Oh, yeah, I was bad at math too." So the the kid thinks, "Oh, well, that's in my DNA too. So why?" Try? Yes, I know. It's
0: like it's you can't like, change it's like, it's like a
1: hereditary thing, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. right.
0: Like, well, I'm just that's those are the cards that I was dealt. So you know, they weren't good at it. So oh. I'm not going to be good at it. <laughs> that's really interesting. You know, we're obviously in this bubble of time during this pandemic where. You know, teachers are now the parents. And, yes. you know, that whole mentality of we got to go, 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 go. It's like, I think people, when those packets first came out, this distant learning just came out, you know, parents were like, well, I got to do six hours a day with my kids. And they, you know, we were just talking about this where, you know, math could be following a recipe, you know, PE could be, you know, swimming in your pool if you're lucky to have one in your backyard and things like that. And I think your approach when you had said your math books aren't really, about math it's almost like the psychology behind right right learning any new skill and being able and I see in the background it doesn't get easier you get stronger I (laughs) think that that's something that you know we tend to to forget because it's just like well everyone you know of course it's just circumstance like you got to get through it where it's not that you just have to get through it you can get through it and thrive and I think that's the main theme from your books from what I could gather from what you were saying. Oh Um, yeah, definitely. And I mean, is that something that you had said that over the years you had kind of started saying the same things over to to students? Was that just those, was um, which book came first? And then was that, was the second book just like a natural sequel, if you will, or is it's own kind of thing? Right, so Crush Math Now
2: came first and it's way longer than Raise Your Math Grade. And the thing that I like about it is it, it really dives deeply into a lot of the problems you know, that students face. You know, so like one of the things is sort of like procrastination or lack of motivation. It's not something that you always would necessarily think of as being an obstacle to success in math, but I'd almost say it's probably the most common one, right? Yeah. There's also like a chapter on math anxiety or lacking confidence. One on lack of grit, right, which is just that ability to keep working when things are really difficult and you're struggling. So many students, they think that it ought to be easy and they don't actually recognize that the struggle is the really important part of not just math, right, but challenges and general. Mm-hmm. And then I also have other chapters, you know, and like one is what to do if you have like an emergency or some sort of permanent obstacle. So one of the things that I faced which is a story that has helped so many students that I've talked to over the years was um, I was actually diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome right in the middle of high school. And it was one of those things where, you know, prior to that, it's just, I did everything. You know, I was one of those super busy kids and I loved everything that I did. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I was taking every AP class and I was playing soccer and I was running cross country and I was in student government, oh my God. you know, and a <laughs> lot. Everything was awesome, but I was just flying through everything and then I got sick and my whole immune system just crashed, you know, and I couldn't even, you know, I think the, the low point for it was, you know, I would be awake for like four hours a day and it wasn't even all at once, you wow. know. And so, but oftentimes students do hit those sort of obstacles, right? Maybe it's not a personal health issue, but it could be like, you know, students lose parents or their parents lose Jobs, You know, or there, there's just so many different life problems mm-hmm. that students face that just throw a wrench into all of this. And so just being able to figure out how to navigate those difficulties and how to talk to the people at school in a way that will, you know, get the help that you need and how to make those tough choices. Sometimes for me, actually, I was at a really competitive private school. Um, and I actually transferred to a different school the following year just because it was one where, you know, there was basically, you know, no excuses for missing class and stuff like wow. that. If these health problems stay, like I'm actually going to fail up just right. based on this one arbitrary rule. And so I needed to be yeah. somewhere where there was just more flexibility and yeah. they actually well, you know, spent a lot of
0: Somewhere where being human was acceptable because. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it is one things where those can be really hard choices right because a lot of times you know we're always trying to you know improve but within the same circumstances that we've always been when sometimes we just have to make you know tough choices and stuff like that so i have some things you know walking through students like that you know as well as like basic study skills and test taking skills there's some math test taking skills that can help students so much and it just it frustrates Mm -hmm. me so much when they lose points on tests just because they don't do you know certain things
1: yeah like careless little typos or you know, mathematical. So, okay, outside of buying your books and reading them, do you have some tips for parents that are either right now helping Mm -hmm. with instruction and homework during this pandemic or just in general who help with their, and maybe they're not a math person, so how can they best help their students?
2: Perfect. So the number one thing I would say for parents goes back to this idea that you improve with effort, right? And so what I would say is one, always reply to them without? whenever they say I'm not a math person or I'm bad at math. But more importantly is, what is a skill that your child has already developed? What is a skill that they consider themselves good at? So it's usually something that they've practiced a lot. And so what you wanna do is remind them that they're not just naturally good at that right? That's right. a skill that they developed over time. It's something that they practice and remind them of a time maybe when like they got really frustrated and they wanted to just give up, but they just kept on going. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then you can sort of parallel that journey that they've already made to success and show them that like, if they can do that also with math, they'll see the same results. You yeah, know, and they don't necessarily okay. have to, especially if they love something and they're dedicating so much time to it, they don't have to go to that same extent with math. Right. But you can take that, that same idea to get you to you know whatever point it is that you need uh, to reach your goals. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is more of a, a practical study tip that parents can use with students. I think that students often struggle in math because there's huge leap that you have to make from doing homework to actually taking a test, right? Because when you're doing homework, you have your book and you have your notes and maybe you have mom and dad or a tutor and you've got Google right there also. But basically you have so much support helping you through that homework and students go, okay, well, I understand the homework, so I'm going to be good on the test. All right, and this might not pertain as much right now when we're in quarantine, right? Because a lot of the tests are being taken online. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we're actually in the classroom um, or if we're taking an online test, which is proctored, like I know we have this tool called Proctorio where you can actually proctor students using their webcam. So if you're in, in those situations, then you don't have all those the crutches that you have with homework and right. all of a sudden you have to be able to solve these problems without your books, without your notes, sometimes without your calculator if you're not even allowed those on your exams. And that difference is huge, right? right. So what you want to do with your child is to help them study in a test setting, right? So. Basically, if they're just reviewing their notes and their homework and saying, oh yeah, I got that, I understand how I did that when it's written out, that doesn't actually count as studying because that's not what you're doing on the test. So what you can do is you can give them problems that will be on their test and just write it on a blank piece of paper, right? right? And then they have to solve it with whatever they have on the actual test so if all they have is a pencil that's That's all they get if all they have is a pencil and a calculator that's all they get and it's one of those things where i feel like i tell students all i tell my students this all the time and i know like their eyes just sort of start to glaze over at a certain point they're like yeah yeah practice test we know we should do it but the thing that and you can tell your child this also that sort of gets through to them is sort of like the analogy to swimming right suppose you're Mm. preparing for a swim meet right how are you going to prepare for a swim meet? Are you going to sit around in your pajamas and read about swimming? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and go, Oh, you know what? I saw that video on YouTube and that backstroke. That's what I'm going right. to do. it? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. You're never going to be prepared for your swimming. Yeah. If that's all you do to prepare,
1: you have and- to do it. Just like with physical stuff, it's like muscle memory to a certain extent. Exactly. I mean, I would say a lot of people probably, and I had a lot of friends like this growing up that would say, well, I'm not studying for a math test like that's what the homework is for it's practice like I know a lot of people who like were like how do you study for a math test you take the
2: practice test that's the right. one difference right, right between the homework and the actual test right. so
1: it's not what, like for like history you memorize all this information right or science you're, you're memorizing a lot of information which I'm mostly studying is memorization right it's for math you may have two different formulas that you have to memorize and that's it. So they think, well, I have those formulas memorized, so I've studied, but that's not enough is, is what you're you're getting
0: at. It actually flashes me back to studying for the bar. Our yeah. school would say, okay, we're going to, because there's a part that was multiple choice. We took it when it was a three-day exam. Now it's a two-day exam, but the three days in the middle of the writing days was uh, 200 multiple choice. There's still 200 multiple choice, but that's in it just one day of it, and you know, we had a couple of those while you're studying, right? Because you need to know what it's like to make it through that marathon, right? You're not sprinting through it. And so your body needs to physically adjust to sitting for three hours at a time taking a break and then three hours at a time and to me it was like oh yeah of course you know that helps with the visualization that was like something one of the barbary professors had talked about too was just like visualize getting there visualize going through it like how do you do that By, like, practicing it or mimicking it. And I remember the year that I entered law school, 2008, there was an earthquake during the bar. And the students from my school had actually practiced for if an earthquake or some similar type of emergency. Because that professor that was, like, in charge of it was, and, like, awesome. Because they all just grabbed their computers, went under their desk. And how many students... If they, if you hadn't practiced that, like, I don't think that I would be like, well, I'm just going to grab my laptop and go under my desk and I'm taking the bar. Like, no, I would not have done that. And so I think that that is something that's really useful just, you know, for anything that we do, like you said, any challenge that we come across or struggle or feel like we're failures. Like we've been telling these parents, you don't know how to be a teacher. And even if you are a teacher, you don't teach your own children. Give yourself a little bit of grace, right? Um, We're just trying to survive. But. But that is really funny because it, it took me right back to the bar and, and having to practice, right? Yeah. And that is actually one of
2: like the, the nicest compliments that I've gotten about my books is that you know they help not just with math, but with so, so many other things as well. Absolutely.
1: So any other tips for maybe like any, I know your books are, are mainly for the high school and college kids, but, you know, as we look at the students that are getting to high school and college, struggling with math that need your books, right? It's come from a foundation of lack of that support in elementary school, right? The thinking for years, I'm not a math person, I'm not going to try. Do you have any tips for like elementary school students or their teachers or parents on how to Besides just the the mental, you know, not telling them they're a not a math person, any other right. tips that you might have for them to get them on the right foot?
2: You know, one that comes to mind which is something I just did yesterday. So we had a student who was a fourth grader who's really struggling with math and we were learning angles, you know, like acute angles and obtuse angles and stuff like that. You know, and his mom was saying, you know, he just doesn't get he you know, he's spending a lot and he just doesn't understand it and so what we actually did was we actually met up in my front yard and we did like a quick little social distancing like tutoring thing on a whiteboard outside and he was writing with like chalk on the ground and I think just it wasn't even that I explained anything better than how it was taught online it was just the whole process of mixing it up and making Mm. it kind of fun you know we went outside and there was chalk and there was nothing else to like distract him from the concepts Yeah. you know and so even though we probably did it in like a tenth of the time than what it was taking online you know he walked away understanding all of these little concepts right. and so what i would say you know to parents is that like especially if your children especially in elementary school if they're ha- having to learn this stuff online you know it's not necessarily like The teacher or the online tool—it's the fact that like they just—they're not meant to concentrate for so many hours a day on these educational videos. And if you can actually just take them away, take them outside to learn math for five minutes, you'll save yourself like an hour.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. like making it something tangible, making it something real. Like I'm seeing a lot of families that are trying to do like cooking and stuff like that in the kitchen as like ways to show math. Like you can do fractions and (laughs) in all of that. So like you know any way that you can get the kids like. I think that is true like kids think of like books and worksheets as this is exhausting or this is boring right but the minute you bring it into like a different you know realm it changes
0: things a bit that's a great strategy yeah and I th- out th- being outside like who doesn't want to be outside and exactly, it's yeah. weather but I think for some kids like you might have a kid that worksheets work right but you Ooh. might also have a kid that <laughs> but I know that for me if and I know exactly where like math just became a struggle it was out Algebra. And so I had a tutor, but I felt like I could do it with my tutor, right? Like, so I listen in class and the teacher and I just, not like we didn't connect. I just, their learning or their teaching style was just different. So I guess like the
2: most general form of that advice then, right? Is just to sort of experiment, right? Yes. Whatever it is that you're doing isn't working, then just change and keep making changes
0: until mm. you find something that is worth it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And if you don't want to major in math, then that's fine. Like it's not, but I think it's, it is those basic skills that, you know, we do want. And, and I think that this time is really unique because we are expecting the education system to change overnight. I think that this <laughs> will drive forward more of the change that we need to see. But also I think that, being able to experiment being able to be innovative you know that is a skill that one can learn in math you know like of course you can use your imagination with writing and things like that but i don't think people see that with math and that's why it's so fun to hear you say that you know you did do research for boeing and all these put like putting you know because like what do you do with math you know i immediately thought engineering for some reason but like you know i think that that oftentimes gets shadowed as well right like you were saying right. screenwriter and I was like oh my gosh that's so you know that's like the fun stuff that we hear like with English majors and things like that so we're just so grateful that you were able to come on I think we need to have you on again because that time went yeah. too quickly oh, <laughs> I would love that thank you this was so much fun yay so and um, so, where
1: can people find your book I think it's on Amazon right
0: both of them so both right both
2: of the books are on Amazon so they're called Crush Math Now and then the other one is called Raise Your Math Grade and my name is Allison Dillard if you're searching the authors on there um, and you can also also connect with me on my website so my website is allisonlovesmath.com i love it um, and i've got some more resources there and i've been busy teaching but i also help parents and students you know on the side as well so there's information
0: on that there also awesome. i mean you are so passionate i could like Of course, you're helping parents whenever you can like and we really appreciate that because, you know, it's so easy, like you said, for us to get caught up. And you've already done so much, but you continue to, I think, inspire a lot of your students and others with your books. And you've definitely inspired me. So thank you so much. I was just like, yay, math. Yeah, no, it was a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much, Allison, for your time. And we'll make sure to put the titles in our show notes. Thank you. Okay, so we will be in your guys' ears next week. week. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.